This is Jason with French Capital Management. Happy Father's Day out there. I'm just going to do a little wrap-up of the markets of everything that happened today. French Capital Management, we are an independent investment advisory firm. We help our clients with their wealth management and financial planning needs. So I'm just going to go over a little bit of the uh, news that happened in the market this week. One story that sticks out to me, it was the it was on Forbes that I saw this last week. And it was about a, a young man named Alexander Kearns. He was trading options with Robinhood. And for those who don't know, Robinhood, it's the free brokerage app that you can get for your phone. You, a lot of people, a lot of uh, new traders have been, uh, well, they've actually been getting into trading through Robinhood. And uh, I can see why. Um, it's a very easy app. It's very easy to work with. It's a, it's very simple and straightforward. So a lot of new investors are getting involved in Robinhood. Uh, however, they did have some issues. I'm not, I'm not knocking Robinhood, but they did have issues during the March crash of the market. A lot of people were trying to place trades but weren't able to. That was because of server issues that happened. And, you know, you get big companies like, you know, say TD Ameritrade, uh, E-Trade, Scottrade, you know, they've been doing this for a long time. And they have servers and the capabilities to be able to handle a crash because they've been through multiple ones. Robinhood, on the other hand, this is, uh, it's part of their growing pains. Uh, so they will do something to make adjustments. But uh, this guy, uh, Alexander Kearns, you know, I'll give you, without going into too many details, he committed suicide. He was 20 years old at the University of Nebraska. And um, the reason for this was he got into trading on Robinhood. Then all of a sudden he got, in, he got an account uh, balance or an account statement that says that he was negative $730,000. Uh, now, first off, you know, he probably did not understand what that number meant. Um, that was probably unrealized gains or unrealized losses, I'm sorry, through the op options that hadn't settled or they hadn't expired yet. So he didn't actually owe Robinhood $730,000. So, uh, you know, it's tragic. My heart goes out to the family. Uh, but this, you know, this just goes to show when you get to investing, you need to, you know, you can't just assume that something on your statement means one thing or something means another. You have to make sure that you know what your obligations are as a client. So that was that story. Um, but anyway, just, um, you know, the rest of... Uh, you know, the rest of the week, it was, you know, more action again. Um, you know, it's been a roller coaster for, you know, pretty much all this year, actually. So the U.S. equity markets rebounded the previous week's losses on news that the Federal Reserve would start buying individual corporate debt issues. Um, and there's also talk of an infrastructure spending proposal from the administration and some positive economic data surprises. Uh, so, the rally was tempered a bit later in the week uh, as Arizona, Florida, and California, they reported a significant spike in coronavirus infections. So, that affected the market. Uh, for the week, the S&P 500 gained 1.9%, the Dow tacked on 1%, and the NASDAQ, that led gains of 3.7%, uh, and the Russell 2000 jumped uh, over 2%. So trade throughout the week seems, you know, it seems somewhat subdued until Friday when the quadruple witching, when the markets endured the simultaneous expiration of single stock options, single stock futures, and stock index options and stock futures. Um, 
And then the uh, let's talk about treasuries. Okay, they were quiet. The uh, two-year note yield increased by one basis point, and it closed at uh, 0.19%. And the 10-year bond was flat for the week, and it closed at 0.70%. And gold traded $16 higher to close to $1,753.10 per ounce. So that's that's a very high. Uh, and oil traded mean fleet, yeah, oil traded a little bit higher, gained 9.7%, and it closed at 39.74. And interestingly, the energy sector was one of the worst performing sectors last week, despite having a nice move in crude. Uh, and so there were no changes to our models last week. Uh, and the week started with the notice from, from the Fed that it would begin buying individual corporate bond issues in its secondary market corporate credit facility. And so this lifted all the stocks and reinforced the notion that the Fed is certainly all in. Uh, you know, we've heard Chairman Powell talk over the last couple of weeks about what uh, his expectations are. So we as investors, we need to listen to that because a lot of the activity within the Federal Reserve will affect what the stock market does. And the news, it, so it lifted up the stocks and reinforced those notions. And um but the timing of the announcement's a bit intriguing, given that the Fed could have easily announced the new initiative at the prior week's uh, FOMC meeting. Um, so, you know, did they see something that warranted the move in the days? I, I don't know. But uh, nonetheless, it rallied on the news and then added more to a trillion-dollar infrastructure spending plan from Trump when his uh, administration announced the plan. It's going to be interesting to see if both sides of the aisle can get together in a presidential election year to pass an infrastructure spending bill. We've, we've got bad infrastructure. Um, we have to reinvest back in the infrastructure because that's what keeps us going. Um, and also, this was interesting. So the Bank of England announced an increase in its stimulus spending efforts again. It reiterates that the global central banks are and will provide more stimulus if needed. So that is good for us as consumers. And so let's talk about the economic data for all you economist uh, theorists out there and, you know, just people that love the economy. It was mixed last week, um, highlighted by a rebound in May retail sales. Of course, that's probably because a lot of things started opening up back in person. And, you know, let's take into account all the online sales. People still buy things, right? May retail sales uh, came in at 17% well above the consensus. Uh of what was assumed to be 9%, so that, that was a double. And, that, uh, and then later in the week, the uh, Philly Fed index for June blew away estimates of minus 25 and came in at plus 27.5. The May reading was negative 43.1. Um, and also, let's talk about initial jobless claims. So for the week, 1.5 million people applied for unemployment insurance versus the expected 1.3 million. So that was a little bit more than what was expected. Continuing claims uh, continued to be elevated, coming in at 20.54 million. Uh, now, I did not do my homework on that number of when the last time that the unemployment numbers were at 20.54 million. Um you know, I, because that would be an interesting history lesson. I'll have to do that with the next podcast just to see where we're at and find out what those actual numbers were during those times. Um, so if you've got any other questions about trading, maybe you are a Robinhood subscriber, a Robinhood investor. 
and you're deciding, hey, I don't want to be actively trading this stuff anymore. I, I want to give some of my money to a investment professional like myself. We can certainly manage that money for you, and we can show you some different options that we can look at for risk first return. Uh, you know, the more the more return that you want to gain, you've got to take a certain amount of risk for that. Um, you know, some people disagree. Some people would agree with me. There's just different investment philosophies. So let's talk about your investment philosophy, my investment philosophy, and see if we have a match there. All right. But anyway, that's all for this week's podcast. Thank you for tuning in and have a great week.